Welcome to the DC Crypto Podcast. Today is January 21st. I'm here with Matthew Blumberg. Matt, how you doing? Feeling good, man. We are above one trillion in crypto market cap. So um, <laughs> I feel young again. Is that <laughs> counting above. the FDV of Serum or not counting the FDV of Serum? Um, it is counting the circulating supply of Serum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I never know how, how these things get calculated, but it's a big day. We're above one trillion. Uh, I think it's safe to say we're back. Uh, <laughs> Sh- Sh- Shiba Inu is pumping. Um basically anything you can just kind of spray and pray right now everything is pumping dude uh if you had to guess what's the fdv on ftt right now oof um i know it went up like 40 percent (laughs) yesterday um let's see i'm gonna say two billion uh oh not quite uh 777 uh million okay okay uh, a little too bullish on my A little end too here. bullish for now, but price yeah, target. For now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's that chart is crazy to look at because it's like talk about really falling off a cliff. Like it was at like sixty bucks last year, <laughs> maybe something like that. Um, uh, and then down to like yeah. famously twenty twenty two, right? <laughs> um, yeah, twenty two is yeah, and then that level did not hold. Um, <laughs> and then it went to like um, one. Now it's at like two bucks or something, two thirty, two forty, somewhere in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sam is back. Uh, <laughs> Sam is actually not back. He's getting all of his assets seized, but we'll get into that later. Um, we are back, Matt. What a what is your favorite favorite coin that's pumping right now? Uh, my favorite coin that's pumping right now got to be Aptos. Yeah, it's Aptos's market right now. I I saw Hasaka post about this like a day or two ago is like the coin that all of you hate is now reaching an all-time high and it's about to enter price discovery i saw all the comments were like dollar apt or whatever i was like god i hate this this is the true hated rally i hate this rally (laughs) um okay so optos uh it listed and it basically hit around seven dollars to 950 over the the initial weeks that it was listed um this is one of these like highly coordinated listings right um similar to like apecoin where like every exchange listed at the same time and they all came under fire because we didn't even know how many tokens there were (laughs) like until like an hour before the listing happened yeah listing was announced and they were like oh we should probably publish something about the tokenomics um and uh kind of fluctuated around seven eight before quickly hitting around four um hit an all-time low a couple weeks ago at 323 um mm. and it is back it is at 1120 it's reaching all-time highs uh entering price discovery uh and uh i saw i saw a great tweet about this which was um it was like the chart of like aptos price and the chart of aptos tvl and it was like what this token's up 44 percent today but tvl is flat and it's like, yes, <laughs> yes, this token, you know, it's not always about the fundamentals, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's never about the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> but what explains this? Is it just the Hasaka pump? Uh, what, what, I, I really don't understand why people are buying Aptos. Is it just the market? Um, yeah, I mean, so market's up, right? Uh, Bitcoin's up 
uh it's above 22k now it's like 225 226 um yeah and uh you know that that's a pretty substantial difference from 16 right um so you know it's a it's up 13 percent over the last week eth is up 13 percent over the last week um aptos I mean, is it's like 40 percent uh, off the bottoms yeah uh it's it, it's it's hard it's easy to forget just how big of a difference it is when you reach these like low price levels right um like if bitcoin changed price by 6k when it was between 50 and 56 like we noticed but like it wasn't a huge deal um now it's up 6k and that's an enormous difference um mm -hmm. so uh aptos is up 63 percent this week um with uh zero apps as far as i know i don't even know where the tvl could possibly be um i don't even know if you use i don't i don't think you use metamask because i think the signatures are different i don't know what wallet yeah. you use I, uh... <laughs> I have no idea i mean i'm sure people are just punting on binance like that that's my guess like they're yeah. just levered long on Aptos on Binance. Uh, I don't think anybody's doing this on chain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, uh, uh, you know, with Aptos, I think it's just like it goes up, so people are buying it. Um, and yeah. It, yeah, do people eventually run out of cash? Of course. But, um, you know, this is, this is one of these parts of the market where you can hate it or you can learn it. Um, and I, I think we all have something to learn from this. Mm. Always follow Hasaka. That's what I'm learning. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, if you don't have tweet alerts on for Hasaka, like, uh, yeah. maybe check those out for next cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next cycle in three months when we all when we get a little bit more uh, stimulus coming in into the market. Um, yeah. How about you? What's your, my, favorite, what's your favorite pump? My, my favorite is definitely SHIB because uh, they, like, it was just dead for so long and then they announced... Like they saw a little life in the market and then they announced Shibarium, which is their own <laughs> layer one. Which layer two, layer if, two. Uh, which is their own layer two, which if you remember our, our the the aforementioned waiter at our favorite Indian restaurant in New York mentioned to us maybe like a year ago, he was like, guys, you're sleeping on Shib. Shibarium is coming. They're, they're building their own blockchain. And we were like, okay, man, cool. And turns out he was right. It only took a minus 90% drawdown first, but it did pump on the Shibarium news. So uh, I feel Props. vindicated for that guy. Uh, <laughs> so that's my favorite pump. But uh, yeah, really, it's a spray and pray market. Like any anything and everything is pumping except for NFTs. NFTs are down, but... Uh, depends. It depends on the NFT. Yeah, it does depend. It does depend. But uh, it's, it's, a sh it's shit coin season. So, uh, yeah, I missed the move, but good to see some people making money. Yeah, um, it injects a little a... bit of positivity into the into the timeline on Twitter for sure. It does, yeah. Um, Shibarium, or... I love this because they don't even tell you what kind of layer two it is. They're like, and is it optimistic? Nothing. Is it there's ZK? No is it yeah. like, yeah, zero details. Um, and you know, when it comes to layer twos, the current state of things is so highly centralized that it kind of doesn't matter <laughs> um, yeah. like until we see like real actual like live zk roll-ups like this and even then it'll be super highly centralized unless we see you know decentralization of like all the different components mm -hmm. it kind of doesn't matter these are kind of just like transaction aggregators basically right <laughs> um <laughs>
Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, you gotta love you gotta love that they don't even care. They're not even like it would have been really easy to just put optimistic in the title, um, <laughs> and like. I mean, they, they, it's <laughs> they know their market. They know that people are not going to buy this if they say this is an optimistic roll up and it's gonna look like this. Way too much. Way more than you need. All you need is to say that we have Shibarium. And uh, guys like the Papali waiter will buy it. <laughs> it's great. I mean, shit, um, I almost bought it. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes it makes it just like the other the other interesting thing about the layer two space in particular is that people want a way to speculate on it, and there really isn't much today. Um, like you can argue that optimism, kind of, sort of, those tokens have some proxy to the total network, like transaction volume. But not really, right? Like they, uh, yeah, they're they're just governance tokens, right? Um, yeah, they and they, not, they don't, yeah. There, there's yeah, no incremental like, demand, right? Right. It's not like a transaction fee, like it's not a fee token. It's not gonna accrue. It's not a staking token. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a governance token, and so you know, check that one off. Uh, meanwhile, uh, ZK Sync and um, ZK Sync hasn't launched a token yet, right? Like we've been trying to yeah. farm that airdrop for uh, years now. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I still have uh, Aztec wallet on my phone. I got a um, nice, I got a nice uh, NFT of like my old LinkedIn profile picture on, uh, on ZK Sync because I was messing around with it. Um, that's funny. But well, the uh, other, mm-hmm. the narrative that is taking form is this LSD narrative, which I, I'm a big fan of. But uh, <laughs> of course, the liquid of staking derivatives. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, like Lido has been going completely ham this year. Rocket Pool is going ham this year. Frax is going ham this year. Anything to do with staking. It's just all looking like, I mean, you've had this idea for a long time that all ETH should be staked, right? Like 100% of the ETH should be staked. And that provides better security to the network. It basically, like the incentives are all there. If you're not staking, you're basically losing the 4 to 5% that you could be getting every year. And now yeah. with the Shanghai fork happening, um, people are going to be able to withdraw their ETH that's been staked. And so these liquid staking derivatives uh, are getting a lot more traction. So... Yeah, it's a two-token setup, right? So there's like the staked ETH, like uh, Lido staked ETH is trading at like I think it's like twenty bucks off of like regular ETH. Um, yeah. Coinbase staked ETH, I think it's like ninety-nine point eight percent the price of regular ETH, which at one point it was at ninety-one percent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And so with with Shanghai approaching, everyone's like, "Ah, oh, okay, I see. Like I could just buy it now and like unstake it later if I need to. Um, yeah. But I could even let other people just unstake it for me and like mm-hmm. ride that wave." Then there's the governance tokens, right? Which is like the Lido token LDO, uh, the uh, Rocket Pool token RPL. Uh, I want to say these are governance tokens. Um, yeah. And uh, actually, there's a fair amount of governance that has to happen with these things because you have to like select which validators you're gonna, you know, uh, allocate your ETH to. You have to, you know, like there there is decision making to be done there. Um, so, is there value to these tokens? I don't know, but is there governance happening in these protocols? Absolutely um and uh uh yeah i mean that that is that is a strong strong narrative right now um yeah the thing is i never bought coinbase ETH because i was like if this goes against me for some reason i will never forgive myself for not just buying (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is the Uh, one thing that i think holds people back from 
everybody just staking their ETH, right? It's like, well, at least like spot ETH, I can just hold it in my wallet. I don't have to trust anybody at all. Um, and I don't know if people are actually looking at it that way. I think people are just like not, maybe not even aware. Um, but it is a strong narrative. It's going to only get stronger. I don't know if these tokens keep pumping because like, like you said, they're governance tokens and like, I don't know how many people want to hold them. Like this idea of like levered ETH, uh, is a dangerous game to play, I think, cause it also works to the downside, but, um, all right. So do you think this market like continues? Do you think we continue rallying or is this like, uh, what, what did you call it earlier? A uh, trash, trash pump or a trash rally? Uh, well, there, it is a trash rally. I mean, you look at like the stuff that's pumping and like yeah. Avalanche is pumping, Solana's pumping, um, Aptos is pumping, right? Yeah. Um, so in equity markets, we used to call them trash rallies, but that was just because we were short the trash. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. You know, you could also call it like a risk on market um and you know the higher beta like more speculative stuff is is pumping um so a trash rally can continue and longer than you can remain solvent like i can personally <laughs> personally attest to that right um but uh yeah it's it's really hard to say um you know i've talked to a lot of people over the last week uh and the question is generally why why is this happening um yeah. and i don't have a great answer i think you know there's a mix of things there's it looks like FTX, like we can put it in the review mirror a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, it looks like, uh, you know, th there was a fair amount of like short activity and like that that just kind of gets squeezed, right? I love a good short squeeze. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, you have like slightly encouraging um, macro stuff, right? Like CPI kind of slowing down a bit. Um, PPI, I think, came out this week and that, that looked pretty good. Um I, I don't know. I, I think that like as long as the money printer still has room to be turned off, it's really hard to get behind a rally right now. And, you know, I think most mm. of crypto Twitter feels this way. Everyone I've spoken to in the space that like actively trades is doubtful. Right. Mm. Um, and uh, and yet people keep buying the stuff. It keeps going <laughs> up. So uh, I, I don't I don't know who the buyers are right now. Yeah, it, it seems like this is like a retail punting. People are trying to make back their losses from last year, uh, which always gets me a little concerned. But <laughs> making all back in one market. trade. Yeah, making <laughs> all back in one trade. Um, yeah, buy yeah. some more crypto dick puts like Matt. He'll make it all back. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's my big play right now. <laughs> Please don't okay. sell anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaking of making it all back in one trade, uh, you want to hit GTX real quick. Oh, of course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, GTX from Suzu and Kyle Davies is yeah, a proposed... And the, oh, and the creators proposed? of CoinFlex, uh, another <laughs> defunct exchange that's going through restructuring. Um, GTX is a proposed market to trade... Um, what, what do they call it? Like, um, uh, to trade bankruptcy claims, right? Exactly, that, that's yeah. the product. Um, yeah. And, you know, in the marketing materials, they're like, look at how big the size of this market is, you know, <laughs> thanks to us. <laughs> yeah. 
um and so you know like yeah the tam slide is pretty funny um yeah it's well uh, it's like they, they threw a bomb into a hospital and they're like guys we are the best hospital cleanup crew out there like, okay <laughs> we propose starting a hospital cleanup company <laughs> um, um yeah gtx is great i love the name um it's the next letter after f uh yeah. <laughs> i think they've since they've, they've since said that they're not going to actually call it that uh, after some backlash yeah. um but uh i mean it's it's a great meme um the thing is there there are some markets where you can trade this stuff um and like ftx claims now i think are trading at roughly 15 cents on the dollar um, a lot of it was over the counter, but there's uh, there's also like websites you can go to, um, and they can also issue you like bespoke stuff. The the liquidity is not huge, but yeah. um, you know like Gox claims traded for a long time, right? Um, and uh, you know it, it's like the 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 market for bankruptcy claims is not a thing i think we ever wanted to think about um but now now we're all like relatively familiar with a bankruptcy process right yeah we're getting <laughs> quite quite familiar <laughs> um, um you saw the wintermute guy the wintermute ceo was like yeah if you're on this deck or if you're on this if you invest with these guys like expect to never be able to work with wintermute again uh, we will never back anybody that backs these guys. We're never going to work with anybody that backs these guys, um, which uh, I don't know. I don't know who is going to back them. I, I, I actually think like in a weird way, they'll get the money, but I don't like I don't know if they'll get all 25 million, but I think they will get enough money. Um, I just don't think it goes anywhere. I think it's another failed project. Uh. I'm actually bullish, uh, and I would I would buy some if like the if this were an ICO, I would totally buy some. <laughs> um, I think well, I, I think it's too funny. The personalities involved are, are too loud. Um, everyone's listening to what these guys say, uh, like it or not. We all we all hate them, but like we're still listening. Um, and well, that's the thing. Uh, and like, I think I you know it's think... not a difficult product to ship. Well, I I think I kind of go the other way. Like I I agree with you in that if it was an ICO, I would buy it. But I don't think that people will trust them enough to try and like work with them and like get get their money back in that way. Like go like go through the claims process with these guys specifically. Like they're already under somewhat scrutiny from the law in Singapore. In I, I mean I, I don't know about the states, but I would assume so. Um, like if you're going through a bankruptcy claim and trying to get your money back, like you kind of want to do it in the most like by the book way as possible. Um, I don't know. Also not a lawyer here, but uh, that's, that's what it seems like to me. So yeah, in terms of buying the coin, I would buy the coin, but I would not, would not actually use that product. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound insensitive because obviously like oh, anybody stuck in the bankruptcy process right now is, you know, is a victim. Um, but at the same time, are you really the most careful like consumer if you're uh, if you're stuck in bankruptcy court right now? True. Right. Um, are you really paranoid? Are you really making sure that everybody like checks the boxes? Are you doing a lot of due diligence? I, you could argue no. Right. Um, and uh 
and you know also look a lot of people were lied to and so maybe there were people trying to do the due diligence but but still like if you're a retail trader and you lost a thousand bucks because you had it in block why not why not try and get some pennies on the dollar out of this gtx situation my my concern is the people coming in to buy them well i actually think that the buyers might even be there right like if you lost money in or like not buyers but like yeah i I guess i see your concern right if you if you're somebody that lost money you'll trust anybody right to try and get even 20 cents on the dollar back but if you are somebody who is actually like providing these claims right like whether that's ftx or uh i I don't know who else um but like why would you work with these guys celsius voyager yeah exactly it's like why like you also have to work with gtx right to provide uh the claims to provide, provide the, claims, the, yeah. the assets the assets um and i mean i, I guess point, it's like a form of like compassionate release right <laughs> um no where, i mean like, even then like i get that but it's like why would you not work with a more reputable like <laughs> otc desk or like i i don't know like i'm sure there will be other groups facilitating this process yeah um what i what i want to be able to do is speculate <laughs> um, of course and, you know that's the thing about the otc desk is like it, it, you know if you want to buy a bankruptcy claim you need to like buy in size you need to have those relationships right um i want to be able to like 10x levered long ftx claims or short for that matter i want perks, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> um like <laughs> wow sounds uh, like FTX could have made that product or can still make that product. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you saw the, you saw the CEO is like not counting out the possibility of restarting yeah. the product. <laughs> yeah. People were actually behind that. They were like, well, right now it's only Binance. So it's, it's good if there's another player. In the Oh man, I mean, this was this is what F- SPF was saying. He was like, "Look, like uh, you know, I'm spending all my time right now to try to like you know build more product or like ship product so that like I can get users back some value, <laughs> um, and like we shouldn't be just like liquidating everything. We should be like trying to restart. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's come full circle, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, bless bless Suzu, Kyle Davies, and SPF. Sounds like all they want to do is the right thing." <laughs> um, okay uh speaking of ftx um a lot of news there so looks like they were rummaging through their their couch and found five and a half billion dollars uh of customer assets uh, <laughs> did you see that like they they're, they're counting a bunch of lock tokens like lock solana they're counting like uh what else they're counting like all these like illiquid shit coins as part of the five and a half billion um so i don't know how they can possibly say that's the right number because <laughs> it's objectively not but they're claiming they found that much uh or recovered that much in customer assets which will i guess be used as part of the bankruptcy claims or as part of uh like whatever ends up happening but 
yeah i mean even short yeah. of the tokens being locked right the the issue with like the locked soul at least is that they own like 11 percent of the total like supply um yeah. you can't just dump that in the market right um like we were freaking out about six hundred thousand bitcoin getting dumped by a grayscale potentially but mm-hmm. um you know that's 11 percent three percent yeah yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> um yeah 11 of a lot yeah um so uh yeah i mean i i i can't help but feel that that's bullish though like anything these guys find is bullish right now right um because it makes people feel a little bit less like they've lost everything um and so Mm. it makes them slightly more inclined to send more into the market um so you know good good to see some signs of potential asset recovery there um yeah um I, I I do think that a lot of this got priced in very quickly. Um, the FTX situation, the you know three AC situation. I mean, that was long back, but uh, you know, just looking at very large scale, like the crypto markets, it seems like bottomed or whether or not they bottomed, but like they they took that hit much faster and much more uh, swiftly than the rest of the markets. Um, so I don't know, maybe it is bullish. Maybe this is the bottom, maybe uh, my Solana to $1 call and your AVAX to $4 call were the Pico Pico bottom of this cycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> uh, now nah, I'm sticking with Solana to one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else in this like FTX situation the the assets they found i mean right now it's all it's all just gonna take more lawyering and time yeah never been a better time to be <laughs> to be a like crypto like distressed asset lawyer like law specialist right yeah um it's gonna what's take funny a long is that, time what's funny is that barry silbert i think that's exactly his his background is he's a bankruptcy lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty funny. Um, oh, one more thing on FTX and SBF. Uh, they seized all of his Robinhood shares and basically all of his other assets, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was almost entirely Robinhood shares. They seized 700 million of SBF's assets. The, the Fed seized them. Um, and... Uh, there's a good question here, which is like, who who owns that, right? Um, like, who who should get those shares or like the proceeds from selling them? Um, is it BlockFi creditors? Is it FTX depositors? Is it FTX investors? You'd ideally like for it to not be that. Um, like, uh, and so I think the, the seizure was keep it. Yeah, <laughs> like that that one guy um, who like uh got arrested for like keeping a whole bunch of like stolen bitcoin from when they shut down the silk road <laughs> oh, oh like one of the feds yeah one of the feds like yeah uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um i mean isn't that what they do you know they they go they they like uh they have like a drug bust or whatever and then they just keep the money right keep the drugs <laughs> and the money <laughs> yeah it's like um I, I forget what you call it but like uh the, you know in the u.s like the police have like absurd rights to just like hold like to just seize your assets indefinitely um uh, civil asset forfeiture yeah criminal exactly. asset forfeiture yeah yeah civil asset forfeiture is a wild thing um like you don't even need <laughs> to be charged with the crime and they can just take what the assets. fuck yeah um <laughs> insane 
Um, but anyways, my hot take here is how is Robinhood still worth anything? <laughs> I was going to say, like, people have been saying the same number, like, oh, this guy owns a half billion of Robinhood shares. It's like, isn't that going to keep getting marked down at some point? Like, I don't follow Robinhood, but it's like, this thing was at like 40, 50 bucks. And now it's trading at like less than five, I think. Uh, it's at nine nine fifty two. Wow, even yeah, Robinhood's, Robinhood's had a little little mini pump. Yeah, as is Coinbase, wow. uh, right? Like yeah, Coinbase uh, has been pumping. Yeah, Coinbase is bullish. at twelve and a half bill. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Coinbase is twelve and a half billion. Uh, Robinhood's at eight and a half billion. Mm. Somebody pointed this out to me that uh, Alchemy, which does like is like a competitor to Coinbase Cloud which is like one of Coinbase's lines of business. I think they raised money at a $10 billion valuation just last year. And like <laughs> at, at, its, at its low, I think Coinbase is worth it, like worth like $7 billion or something, 7 or $8 billion. <laughs> it's just so wild. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, markets are – we're back, baby. I mean, that's uh, the thing that I've heard consistently, though, is that um, like private market valuations uh, are still fall like following public market valuations. Like in the public markets, everything gets marked down really quickly, um, mm. but uh, private valuations hadn't fallen uh, or hadn't caught up to that. Uh, yeah. Last I last I heard. Um, mm. I guess there's less to go off of too, right? And like you you got to put your money somewhere. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, um, uh, I think you buy liquid tokens. Shiv, shiv to the moon. <laughs> shiv to the moon. Um, okay, one more bankruptcy. One more bankruptcy to go through. This is then the up big only. one. Yeah, then, then up only. <laughs> uh, this is the big one though. Genesis finally files for Chapter Eleven. This has been expected for a long time uh at least the last couple of months but uh going through the filing going through some of the reports that have come out what's been the most notable notable thing for you um so i mean i think uh i i think the it's good to just get a little confirmation on the numbers right so the the top 50 unsecured claims um and a lot of them were like listed like anonymously uh, apparently mm-hmm. total three more than 3.6 billion right um it's unclear unclear what the like total like assets are on their balance sheet but um you know someone's down really bad right now right mm-hmm. uh like that doesn't follow like a you know like a median just like a flat distribution right like you got to think someone's owed a billion right um and uh you know, I'm just surprised it took this long for them to file for bankruptcy. I mean, with FTX, it took like two days, right? Um, after like they brought in the new CEO. Um, with Genesis, it's been weeks and weeks. There's been a lot of back and forth on Twitter between like Barry Silbert and the Winklevoss twins, and like, um, yeah, it's uh, it's just surprising to me that it took this long. Uh, like, I wonder why now. Well, I would assume they probably tried to save it. It looks like they tried to raise a ton more money and make all like basically to try and cover up the debt and uh, either pay people back or have the collateral to, you know, cover, cover all those debts. But it seems like they were not able to do that. And so this is the only option. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, who is who is in the market to, you know, buy equity or like make loans to, to Genesis? Right? <laughs> I don't know. It's it a, seems like the same people buying Aptos might be down. Like, I mean, I'd rather gamble on Aptos. I get immediate liquidity. True. Right? True. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know who who would have done that. I mean, it seems like nobody did. Um, I mean, it's like when but, FTX was trying to raise money, right? Um, you know, it was like just clearly not going to happen. Uh, well, according to SBF, if he had two more weeks, he could have raised the money. <laughs> uh, yeah, somewhere so Genesis, there's an alternate world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about Genesis is that um, they just made loans to so many different people. And, you know, there's this famous like Barry Silver tweet about there's a whole daisy chain of leverage in the space like it's gonna end badly uh yeah it seems like it was all centered around genesis um <laughs> and like there was one thing i saw where genesis this is from this guy uh m cryptodomus cryptodomist uh 25 million dollars of gemini earn customers dollars got loaned from genesis to a company called Levity and Love, which makes a tracking bracelet. Um, <laughs> and this this man went through the whole filing, and uh, yeah, there's some weird shit in here. Um, it looks like Genesis was maybe as degenerate as every other player in the in the market, maybe more degenerate. Um, like that's just outright stupidity like what why were they doing that it makes no sense uh because they were incentivized to do it right like that you know mm-hmm. um like if you were to genesis you're probably incentivized to originate as many loans as possible at as high mm-hmm. of a yield as possible right in order to to get more cash flows to genesis over the long run so you weren't really incentivized to like prevent uh an insolvency you were incentivized to originate as many loans as you possibly could basically 2008 right um the where the incentives were to like originate as many mortgages as you possibly could um so it's uh you know without checks and balances the crypto banking sector is fraught with risk right um and uh you know one one interesting thing for me is this notion of the most dangerous number in crypto being that like six or seven percent on stable coins Right. Uh, yeah. Because like, think about um, if you think about uh, like even like taking out like tracking bracelets and stuff, like let's say it was just like three arrows. Right. Um, three arrows capital, like you if you were underwriting it as like a hedge fund investment, if like that was your specialty was like allocating to hedge funds, you would expect greater than six to seven percent annualized return on your money. Right. Like their cost of capital is above that. Um, mm. I don't know if it's 10% or 15% or greater, um, but, uh, you know, like that, you, you would be targeting above 6%. The The issue is that um, there was this kind of masking of, of risk, right? So there, there's this sort of like mixer almost in the middle, and that, that is Genesis, where retail users if they were lending money directly to three arrows capital i mean you look at like clearpool right um and if you're lending money directly to market makers 
you can do that and get paid like 15% APY. Um, and market makers are willing to do it because I, you know, I guess they make more than 15% uh, annualized on, on every incremental dollar. Um, so uh, if, you know, if we take that 15% at face value, you're getting underpaid, right? To mm. basically make a loan to, to a market maker or a hedge fund or whoever. Um, and I mean, you'd think hedge funds should charge even or should should have to provide even higher returns because they're taking directional bets on on individual assets, whereas market makers are really supposed to be like fully market neutral. Um, so, you know, uh, greater than 15 percent. So you're, you're losing like at least eight or nine percent. Right. Uh, relative to like what, what you should be making, um, probably yeah. more, probably 18, 19. Um, and so you have this really interesting thing where because all of these are loans, they're different from making direct investments in the hedge fund, right? Um, and and so, you know, like, I don't know if that argument holds up legally. And like we've seen, like, uh, I think it was the SEC charged uh, charged Genesis or charged Gemini, right? Yeah. With offering um, unregistered, unregistered securities. securities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, in reality, it looked more like a bank account to the end user. It wasn't mm-hmm. like they were being sold anything. Right. Um, uh, they were er- earning interest. Right. So if anything, it should be operating without a banking license. Um, yeah. And uh, and this is this is like the, the core of the issue is that, like, if you're making loans to three arrows capital, you're going to require a 20 percent like, you know, annualized return. Um, but to you, it looked like you were just making this like relatively safe loan because it only pays six or seven percent. Um, and and so. To me, it's kind of a, a really interesting, like mini bank banking sector, where you have people that are like incentivized to take a lot of risk. You have people that are incentive, or, you know, then and they're like middle people. They they sit in the middle of like people with capital and people that are borrowing capital, um, and uh, and they take huge spreads. And then you have like people that are incentivized to take as much risk as possible with the money that they're borrowing because they only have to pay say ten percent. Whereas like in a traditional capital market, these same people doing these same sorts of things, they would have to pay more to the end, uh, to the end, like lender. Um, and I uh, see. yeah, it, it just creates this like really broken market where, uh, mm. where the, the risk is not reflected in the return. Yeah. So you're as the lender, you're almost in this, like, you're kind of in a space where you feel like you can make all these bets almost risk-free because of the two-way kind of capture you're getting. And so it incentivizes you to do wilder and wilder stuff. And yeah. that's where this daisy chain of leverage kind of comes in and yeah. eventually blows up. I mean, really tough to look at that tweet from the man who was who owns the company, who runs the company that owns the largest lending desk in all of crypto. When he says there's a daisy chain of leverage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you were saying, kind of looks like that was Genesis. Um. Yeah, uh, definitely Genesis. The thing here is that a lot of the creditors have already come out in support of the Winklevoss uh, open letter. They said they're going to support whatever the Winklevoss kind of are proposing right now, uh, including they said they will take legal action against Barry Silbert himself. Um, hmm. So that'll be interesting. Some guy had a tweet where he was like, man, you guys got cucked by two separate billionaires in two separate industries in two separate decades. 
must be a terrible feeling. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> kind of true. Brutal. <laughs> <Ugh, fertile. laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to note on Genesis? Um, no, I think, uh, you know, so it's a chapter 11, right? So it's an attempt at, at restructuring. That could look like anything, um, yeah. but but it won't look good. Um, I don't think that the so the, there's a note outstanding, right? That uh, DCG borrowed a bunch of money from Genesis themselves oh, yeah. to um, to to buy up their own shares. I think in the in the private market um, and like simplify the cap table and stuff. Um, and I think that note is not callable, is what I've heard. So. Um, it's not necessarily the case that like you know like if you borrowed money from someone and then they go bankrupt you don't like necessarily have to like repay that loan right away right mm. um it, it doesn't trigger that unless it was like written into the contract um which in this case it wasn't so i don't think that the there's much potential contagion toward gbtc or grayscale or any of that but apparently coindesk is for sale did you hear this so i saw that the binance uh, like news arm was going to make a bid for coindesk but then i saw in the dcg note that coindesk is still operational as a separate entity um so is, is it like for, like officially for sale uh I, I don't know if it's officially for sale but yeah that that was that was what i was referring to um yeah yeah i guess in crypto everything's thing. for sale yeah, it, is <laughs> but, true. Uh... it is true and in life but um <laughs> yeah it I don't know. I, I would hope Coindesk doesn't get sold. I mean, not that they're like the bastion of great journalism and crypto, but um, I don't know. As many as many things are not under Binance's control is probably better. Uh, yeah. M media in particular, it's like a little early in the industry to have like such a such a stark aggregation of publishers. Right. Yeah, um like if you look at the american news media like that's undergone a substantial amount of consolidation over the last mm -hmm. few decades but that was after several hundred years of like highly functional like highly decentralized yeah. local media reporting um, yeah yeah so you, you'd love to not see one player control everything right now for yeah. sure all right one final thing here speaking of unregistered securities speaking of people getting charged uh, the Mango Markets hacker or manipulator or whatever you want to call him, uh, Avi Eisenberg, um, mm. charged by the SEC in a weird, interesting way, not necessarily because uh, like he manipulated these markets, but or, or I guess, okay, yeah, definitely because he manipulated. He's charged with market manipulation, right? Yeah. yeah. It, the reason the SEC is is charging him is because they allege that Mango, the, the token, MNGO for Mango Markets, is a security. Um, and so that's why the SEC is charging him, uh, which to me is pretty interesting and quite a precedent um, because this opens the door for almost every token to be considered a security. And, uh, yeah, could, could be, I don't know, dangerous sign. Yeah, there's a couple of things worth noting here, right? So um, the first is, uh, if you look back at uh, when Mango Markets was created, 
um, that ICO was actually not available to U.S. investors precisely because mm. they didn't want to come under fire from the SEC. Um, and uh, and I, th- I think it pumped, so we were all upset about that. <laughs> um, the uh, so so them coming in and like declaring it a security anyway isn't super different from like what they what they probably would have expected had they like offered it like that's why they weren't offering it to us residents because they they thought there was a chance that would happen um but yeah it doesn't look notably more like a security than anything else i would say gmx like because like you're getting fees from the from the protocol from the platform um that's you know arguably much worse right um uh whereas like mango markets you weren't you weren't getting fee capture you it was a governance token um but uh the the other thing and like we've sort of seen this before right um the sec wants to charge right chargers got to charge um (laughs) so uh the uh like if you remember when the Coinbase um, like uh, listings controversy went down, um, they charged uh, they charged someone at Coinbase with insider trading. Like you remember, Kobe found this wallet and he was like, yeah. "LOL!" Like this wallet has bought every one of the last like ten uh, tokens to get listed on Coinbase like uh, a day or two ahead of the announcement that it was getting listed, yeah. and then like flipped it immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. The SEC went in and in like, uh, I want to say in like one atomic action, um, they not only charged this person, uh, or I think it was a conspiracy, so I I think there were a few people involved um, with insider trading, but they also declared all like 10 of these tokens to be securities. Without without really any legal color as as to why necessarily. Yeah. and uh you know to a degree like if they want to charge they kind of have to make it under their own jurisdiction and mm-hmm. to a degree that like that's what we're seeing um i don't i don't think we see a lot of additional fallout unless like we see another charge that the sec wants to make yeah um it, it's like they're treating the the symptoms not the cause but that's good right we don't want the sec to try to like take on the cause of declaring all of crypto securities like they're they're just sort of selectively doing it so that they can have jurisdiction um yeah. and and you know potentially makes it more palatable right like if they were just going to come in and say mango is a security without charging this guy we'd be like what the fuck like prove mm-hmm. it right um yeah. but the fact that they're charging this market manipulator with it with market manipulation um and they have to declare mango as security in order to do that it's sort of understood that like this isn't really like a policy change Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, Gary Gensler has said for a long time that most of these tokens are securities and has not really done anything about it. And so like Uniswap, right, which is domiciled in New York, up in the States, and they're, they have their own governance token, like unless they do something fraudulent or shady, like I would assume that they don't get I don't know, like charged or brought under their purview to be like investigated further unless, you know, they, they do do something like that. Or I don't know, maybe somebody manipulates their platform. But in that sense, like it could be risky for other platforms in the future because it's basically saying that like, look, if anything does go down, we're just going to bring this under our purview and rule as we see fit. So... 
Um, like you said, not a big change in policy or anything, but uh, more clarity, I guess, in what the SEC is willing to do in the future. Yeah, I mean, th- there is a good question here, right? Which is like, if Mango had been listed on Coinbase, would they have to delist it now? Mm. Um, and generally what you saw from other exchanges, including, I, I want to say Kraken, um, is that when those 10 when those ten tokens that were involved with the insider trading case like got declared securities, exchanges did take them down. And they were like, look, like we... Yeah are not in the business of determining what's a security and what's not, and we have to abide by the laws. And yeah. so if these guys are, are calling them securities, we, we just, we, we can't list them anymore. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's the dangerous practical impact, right? Um, but yeah, uh, yeah uh, hmm. not great. Um, well, I don't know, you know, one interesting thing is, um, I, uh, there was a really good episode of, I wanna say it was Empire, um, where they interviewed a couple of lawyers and discussed like at length the Uniswap fee switch um, mm. and whether or not like that made makes it a security. And yeah. their take on it was that actually it doesn't make a huge difference. Mm. Interesting. Um, because like you're still invested in, in a common enterprise with the expectation of profit like to be yielded by by like the efforts of others. Um, yeah. And it doesn't really so matter if that regardless. like. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter like how it, you're expecting it to yeah. value, it, mm. right? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Okay, one final thing, and then we'll get out of here. Um, the we talked about the LSD narrative, liquid staking derivatives. Uh, this is somewhat tangential. Uh, MetaMask making an yeah. announcement this week. What, what what was their announcement exactly? I didn't follow too closely. Are they, can you stake ETH through MetaMask directly now? Is that what it is? Uh, it's it's in beta, but you'll be able to stake it. They're they're working with Lido and Rocket Pool to make this nice. feature available, where you can stake directly from within the wallet. Um, and uh, like this has been actually available in Phantom for quite a while uh, on Solana. Um, yeah, yeah. And so you know, it's it's good to see like a little bit of catch up here from the MetaMask folks, um, and it's potentially yet another like revenue source for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I think that like the value proposition of being able to just click stake and then someday unstake pretty strong mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah. um yeah so... the wallet wallet space is uh going to i mean people have been talking about this but wallet space is really going to see a change i think in the next 12 to 18 months there's just so much you can do in there we were just talking about how wallets have browsers and you can uh buy and flip directly in in, in the browser so um yeah hmm. expect expect more yeah all right, Matt, you got anything else? No, I think that's it for the week. Um, let's go that enjoy our weekend. That is it for the week. Yeah, let's enjoy the weekend. Happy Chinese New Year for those celebrating, uh, including Matt, who is in in Taiwan right now. Uh, so enjoy. We'll be back in a few days with our newest deep dive. Have a good weekend, everybody. Till next time. Stay decent. Uh, none of this was financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or any other kind of advice. Uh, if you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, until next time, stay decent.